Danny Hewlett. Simo and Redmond are the thong slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. G'day folks, it's Simo and welcome to what we think is episode 23 of the Thong Slappers podcast. We were just having a mass debate about what the actual episode was and talking about it intently as well. Redmond, are you there? We're going to go with 23. Are you there, mate? I am, Simo, number 23. We're happy to go with that. Um, How are you? How are you doing? Mate, I'm doing pretty fucking well, actually. Busy day, but I've just smashed down a bowl of ice cream and had that much ice magic on it. It was, like, kind of mummified, and it was, yeah, blue ribbon, ice magic, can't go wrong, so I'm pretty happy. How about yourself? I've been busier than a one-armed wanker at a porno convention, as Redbeard put it. Hey, mate, just let me close this window over here. I think it's a bit of the dog noise from the window. Oh, fuck me. Benny, are you still... I just tripped over Benny. Benny. Wake up. Oh, 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 hey, mate, how you doing? What are you oh. still doing here? Didn't, didn't you go home up? Oh, fuck. Benny's oh. still here, mate. Was Benny even born in 1988? I'm not even it sure. Was, yes. How it was old 20... were you in 1988? <laughs> I was on the cusp of double figures. Oh, okay, cool. No worries. Oh, that's all right. We're still all like that mentally, so that'll be fine. You'll fit right in. And welcome back, actually, Benny, to episode 23. We're happy for you to join us again for 988. And um, it's funnily enough, it is actually another day we're doing this. We're not doing it just on the back of the other one like we normally do. I think we were that exhausted after the two-hour fucking shit-talking marathon that we decided we'd need to have a break from each other and start a new, a fresh episode on a different night. Yeah, that probably needs to dry out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, more the points. <laughs> hey, cracking on with this episode, the big plan, we're going to wrap up some 1988 and focusing on some cars and a bit of music especially. I can't believe we completely forgot to talk about 1988 music in previous 1988 episodes. So there's a bit to talk about with that. But generally speaking, the car side... Actually, Adam slash Redmond, you said something very interesting about the 1988 Street Machine magazine scene about the way it shifted to six weekly. Like you'd get, say, a January issue, then it'd be February, March, but then you get April, it was May, June. So it was obviously them gearing up to release the magazine monthly, which I thought was pretty cool. But what are your thoughts generally on 1988 and Street Machine? Or cars? Yeah, actually, what they, they went from two monthly to six weekly to mm. go to four weekly. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Uh, I think it's really good. The magazine's strong back in 88. I've got in front of me, I've got the covers here. I've uh, bought the... The entire, like I said, you can still get these magazines very cheap. I bought the entire year of '88, mate. It wasn't, it wasn't even fifty bucks delivered. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, one of my uh, definite favourite covers for the all-time Street Machine favourites got Owen Haynes blowing LJ on it. So I mean, the April May '88, that's a cracker of that one. It's, it's, it's. Like, I've put this on our uh, Instagram before. It's one yeah. of my favourite all-time magazines. It's got uh, Craig Main prizes blowing four sixty XY. It's got. Bew Champs VL with the injection. It's got Ivan Haynes. It's got the Datsun 1600 with the injected 460 GDHO to go. <laughs> that's the front. That's yeah, that's inside the front cover. But, uh, Benny, have you got any 88 bits there? I haven't actually got any 88 bits here from Street Machine. I Unfortunately, I had a house fire at one stage and I lost heaps of Street Machine stuff. Oh, heaps spewing. of Street Machine stuff. Yeah, I was feeling about that. But I do remember because I got... I actually got handed down 
in the mid nineties. I got handed down by my older cousin. He's about he's about ten years older than me. I got handed down all these old street machine magazines back through then. So when oh, we really okay, got cool. into our cars, like we we we'd flip through magazines that were four or five year old then and that's what we were drawling over like when we first got into cars all these old cool street machine magazines yeah no that's definitely the shot and it's funny you mentioned before red ivan hans's animal axe lj tirana that was actually a car i was going to mention that we, we spoke about i think in last episode 22 just the presence of that thing and the fact that it comes back to how it's it's the car's got such an identity. I don't know what actually happened. I know Ivan is on Facebook. I should actually message him one day and find out whatever happened to that car. But you're dead right. Big hitters, uh, Rob Boson's Field, Calais. Of course, you had Blowback 2. That was back in the, I guess it was kind of the fadeaway paint job. And interestingly enough, uh, Blowback 2 was the Street Machine of the Year winner for 1988 and actually the first ever Smotty Award winner. Uh, 1988 was, of course, the first year that Smotty, I guess, hit the pages for us, which was pretty cool. But one one vehicle especially that I was pretty keen to have a, a bit of a chinwag about was John Parsons' HQ Ute. Uh, it had a WB front, 454, and it was originally kind of like a funny grey, gold, greeny colour, if that makes any sense. And it later was ended up being painted black with graphics and had massive set of... Um, they were kind of like auto drags but they weren't um i don't know or maybe they were just with funny center caps that was the january february 88 it was on the cover of that one if you got it there redmond no i don't have that one big Sorry. block bullion it was called and yes the yeah yeah that's what it's on about you mentioned that you like the way the burnout guys in the show cars are now naming their cars like yeah you know, the, you know, that is a direct throwback to the writers. When the writers name a car, I think it sticks quite well. You yeah. look some of the other magazines, the, the names that they give the cars, the owners never... Wasn't it Terminator that falls into that category? Terminator, definitely. And Gas 69, its actual real name was... Oh, friggin' mental blank, always at the wrong time. The real name of Gas 69 was something like Black Brawler. It's got some unusual or midnight... Brawler. It's something like that. I'll dig it up and I'll correct myself next episode. But that's the cool thing, like with it, with John Parsons. You, and again, it's another vehicle that disappeared off the face of the earth. And the reason that vehicle should be so easily identified, it had square tubs in the back, which I always thought was really interesting. As in, the rear is tubbed, of course, to fit those humongous auto drags. But he'd actually use instead of using the round tubs, it actually had squared like box tubs. Because he figured, hey, well, it's going to give me wheel clearance. Why not? And it, it does. But that would have to be a telltale of that car if anybody knows or has seen that around. It's probably the only car I've ever seen or remember that actually has square uh, tubs in the tray. So be interested to know what happened to that. And the thing I loved especially with that was the louvered bonnet and tailgate as well. It's such like an old hot rodders trick that you still see people do every now and then. But to do that on such a, I don't know, I guess a hard-hitting street machine, at that time, it was very cool. And like I said, it ended up getting painted black with graphics and it looked even meaner than it does on the cover of um, January 88. So it was pretty cool. But 1988, also Redmond, was the Stormtrooper White Commodore. I know you've dug up some photos of that over the last year. And that was sort of something I know that you were a big fan of. Um, that was just so intimidating, that car. It's got a 350 Chevy in it. It's got, I still reckon there's some room. Everybody goes for the HDD kit, the Walker kit, the Big Banger kit. I love them all, but that was 
back then you could get a few you know, Sydney classic cars. There was a few mobs that were doing a few different kits. And it's correct in saying having a big, massive kit on your car that's not the correct stamped HDT one, it's not the correct bits and pieces, is good. It's a good thing. It looks wild. And I really enjoy that car. John K. Image, is it? One of our yes. friends on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. He sent just out of the blue. And it's one of them times where you, you have contact with somebody about a car that you've been thinking about and haven't been able to chase down. You're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> that was the oh. early day instagram for me and i'm like wow this is what people just talk cars on social media why the fuck didn't they tell me this people (laughs) (laughs) just don't go on facebook you know and and that's exactly the thing we always say look if anybody knows the whereabouts of any of the cars we speak about which as far as i guess in a lot of ways we're concerned are probably lost to time another one of my favorites that is just ingrained into my brain from being a kid is carl vetmer's mark one escort it was like a dark green color Again, right. massive tubs, huge auto drags. The number plates were KV302. Of course, it had a 302 Windsor in it. It was just such a badass car. And I remember distinctly, because I was really kind of keen on Mark 1 Escorts and stuff back then, how he'd use the twin cam guards on the front for better tyre clearance. Just all these little tricks and hints that you pick up that kind of stick with you. But, man, that car was such a badass-looking thing. It just looked evil. It just looked like it had way too much going on. The world's hugest wheels, big engine. You just wondered how it all actually fitted into that package. And, of course, you know, modern-day stuff, you know, the Mark 1 Escorts have been chopped and changed. A lot of stuff's been done with them. But for some reason, that thing just sticks in my mind. You know, it always has as well. So you have you are you familiar with that car, um, guys? And for anyone who's not, of course, I'll post some photos on Instagram as well. I've got plenty of pics of that thing floating around. So, yeah. Funny thing that you just mentioned was about the Louvers being an old hot rod trip. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing, Benny? What You're the fuck is that right noise? Now? Yeah. Are you messing oh, it down? There's a dog. There's a dog next door that's going to get shot. No, it's a, it's a shuffling noise. <laughs> yeah. Are you like moonwalking or something? No. What's that noise I don't right know. there? Yeah, that's Busty sh- creeping. It's a creeping sounds noise. Like sounds like someone's uh, stroking their beard. No, I'm um, seriously. You mentioned <laughs> being an old hot rod trip. Hey, Benny must love KV302. Okay, so I may you mentioned Louvers back then on Big Block Bullion being an old hot rodder's tricker that you love. Yeah, and custom for sure. Mm. Aaron Gregory used it Thursday. Have you seen the latest additions that he's done to Memphis Hell or whatever his, whatever his Ute's name is? Oh, I haven't actually. I know of the I know of the Ute. Last thing I saw was it had a top chop, but I haven't actually sort of caught up on on that sort of side of things. So it's crazy. What you've done is perfect. Oh, is it? That's the guy. You know, I've been thinking lately, like at my work, people go out for a cigarette break. So, yep. you know, five minutes of every hour, which probably turns into 15 fucking minutes, really. But five Amp- minutes of every hour, they go outside to have a darb. I should have a social media break. I should just go outside and catch up on all the crap I don't get to do. So maybe I might see how that goes with the boss. And if he says, I can't do that, I'll say, well... I'm going to go and smoke some fresh air outside and just happen to do my social media check so I can catch up and, and be up with the Redmonds on what's going on. Just that. ease yourself into it. Like, put a cigarette in your mouth, but don't light it. Yeah, And then okay. get to the end of the 15 minutes and go, oh, oh, I forgot. Oh, I'll have it next break. Well, you know what I've always thought about <laughs> smoking? I always thought that I wouldn't mind smoking because I'd like something to do with my hands a lot. You know, it's something to keep me entertained, but... I hate the smell of tobacco and cigarettes, so I was thinking of just starting off on the patches, like ease myself into it, get some nicotine, <laughs> and just, just pull up until I eventually get a cigarette. It could be my New Year's resolution. I want to take up smoking or something. That's just kind of the way I feel about smoking, you know. 
you know, I could do it. I think I could commit to it, something I could commit to. Yeah, or maybe even just chopper chops, but probably then your teeth will fall out, so it's kind of the same. Do you remember those lollies when we were kids? They actually had called fags, and they were like those white lollies you'd buy in a pack, and they had like a, a cherry yeah. on one end? Yeah. And, you know, no harm done. You go to the corner shop, spend 20 cents, buy a pack, share them around, have a bit of a laugh, act like you are, you know, like really cool by fake smoking these lollies in front of your friends when you're seven. No one gave a shit. It really wasn't a big deal. You, then, of course, you, they got smashed. No one, no one died. No one no. died. No. And now point. it's changed to fads, as in F-A-D-S. They had to change the name. And then the cherry got snipped off the end. So they're just basically white sticks. They're kind of like are must you, sticks that just aren't pink. They're white. You're telling me proper store-bought lollies. Or fucking lie. What next? You're going to have an actual store-bought cricket bat? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you know, back when I, what was it, wrapped in the potato sack with me fucking cherry off the tree and a fucking fence paling. <laughs> <laughs> a sweet for you was sucking the old sugar out of tea capsules, isn't it, Redmond? I know the Yeah, that's back in old apple. No, right, where are we up to? <laughs> clap, clap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so look, I guess as far as that goes, they were sort of the main cars I wanted to mention about 1988 were those two, but... Overall, I think 1988 was a great period of time. I guess mainly, as far as you compare it to now, it's like stock restored muscle type cars. You know, you look through those issues in 1988, and you've got like restored GDHOs, you've got restored Shelby Mustangs. You know, they might have a couple little mods, maybe different wheels or something like that. But stuff like that, and super modified, really badass stuff like the Boats and VL and all the rest of it, they just featured harmoniously in the magazine. Like everyone accepted everything. Everyone was just modified car enthusiasts, and I don't know, no one seemed to care. There's not like the great divide that there is now where, you know, you've just got this infiltration into the modified car scene of the purist and restorer mindset. It's like corrosion. It's just like rusting us from the inside out. And fuck me, Dad, can you believe I've got off on that tangent yet again in another episode, so I'm going to get off that straight away. Um, Are we lost? I've got issues. You can tell, can't you? Personally, I fucking like it. I'd poke you with a stick with that shit, Ben. I enjoy it. Benny, do you like it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Fucking light his tampon, mate. Get him fucking going on it. You know, the, stu- the stupid part is, all I was going to say was how, oh, you remember those cool, you know, pictures like Designs by Ralphus? Ralphus, there was all that artwork you'd see in the magazines back then. And yep. it just happened to be that <laughs> just... When I've actually gone and I've, I've looked up to see, you know, a couple of the, the designs he's done, I've actually noticed the difference in what the feature cards were and how you could have stock stuff next to and how it was all just accepted, and that's what happens. And then next thing you know, I'm down the rabbit hole, mate, and I'm drowning in it. When the rider's right, you could put this HQ or this XB next to a standard one and you'd be lucky to see the difference. I'd like him to write, you know, I'm like, well, what the fuck's the point? I could write... Redman built this XC, but he wanted it to be so subtle that he didn't fucking touch it. <laughs> well, what, if you kind of modify it so you can't see it, just write in there, right? Modifications are so fucking tricky by Redman, you can't tell he's done them. <laughs> <laughs> he's super subtle. The last thing anyone will ever say about you, Redman, is that you're subtle. Let's let's get that right just in one straight away. For the magazines, what I was mentioning, Ivan Haynes in the uh, April 88 magazine, it's got uh, Craig Main Prize's Blown 460 XY four-door in there when i flip back a couple of magazines it's actually got his brother's ute a couple of same man how funky is that ute the massive 12 sliders the big blow i'm there from the blue mountains actually up up my way there but um i would have a gemini 
that stage with fucking three ball retreads. <laughs> but um, you know what they say about men? They like mountain women. Well, that's right. Hey, it's funny you mentioned that pair. Oh, I, th- I seem to remember that the actual sedan was being built, but it wasn't ready for the Street Machine Nationals. So they put the blowing engine that was destined for the sedan into the ute and took that instead. And then once, of course, the, the XY, the sedan was actually getting finished, they put the motor out of the ute back into the sedan. It was something like that. But I don't know. It's sort of funny. I guess probably one of the cars that, you know, I got my first car action over was, you know, of course, Gas 69 and the Terminator, but another couple of cool ones from 88 was Owen Webb's Wild Thing XY Falcon. Yeah. And I used to yeah, love his, his Ute, the Bruiser, the XW. And, you know, I think Wild Thing's still around. It maybe got converted into a drag car. I have absolutely no, you know, confirmation of this. I'm just saying stuff that I think might be right, that I may be finding from my brain, but I'm not 100% sure on that one. But Marty, Brown, uh, Marty Brennan's Madness Ute was another cool one too. I like that Owen, as well, the white with the chop top and the graphics. Owen's XYU, it's got a formulaing sports steering wheel, the same as every car every, we all had then. It's got a taco mount on the side. The dash has got a few go-fast stickers. I'm like, it's so opposite to what we would expect from an XY these days. Yeah, yeah, for it's sure. The, the, the massive change, and it's fine, it's healthy, it's a massive change. Uh, I remember I wrote a poem about uh, show judges or whatever, and I got into some back and forth with health, and I said, the thing with a show judge is, could I fucking bribe him? You know, could I? Can any judge really go <laughs> past a fresh packet of uh, pork rind and a fucking tolly of beer? You know, really. So that's my. That's my. I couldn't. I can be. I can be. <laughs> yeah. Look, I would be the worst judge in the world when it comes to cars. Um, I know it's a. I know it's an extensive process, and I just don't have the brain power to do it. Like the actual process they go through, probably kind of makes about as much sense to me as doing a poo at work in your own time. Like, it just doesn't... I, I, I'm too driven by my personal preferences. I'm too driven by what catches my eye. Like, a car that I look at and go, oh, man, that's just the coolest thing ever, might not be detailed as well as something next to it that it really doesn't... I don't give a second glance at because it might be plain or it just doesn't have that punch. But I admire people who do do the judging, the fact that they, they must be able to segregate their own personal preferences of what they like in a car from actually just breaking it down into segments of what they are actually judging and the quality of this and the quality of that so yeah you know what i mean like the, the terminator hq if that of course was just your, your, your normal street machine from 1986 it's not going to win elite hall trophies or anything like that in the modern day car show scene so, say for example, what's a, a good example? I'm just trying to think on my feed here. If we put the Terminator next to, say, perfect, actually, yeah, the cover car from the, the street machine we just did, you yep, know, the, the orange one. Right, the orange one's obviously finished to a high, much higher standard than Terminator, but I'll choose the Terminator every time because I'll look at it and go, fuck, that thing's just awesome. So that's why I probably couldn't be a judge, you know? Because, yeah, you had to be clinical and not emotional about it is what yes. you're saying. That's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly right. And, and, and Owen Webb too. A bit of a shout out to Owen Webb, like a gentleman in the mod of, in the car scene, especially late model car scene, and his involvement with House of Color. Like I'm flat out thinking of a guy that I've met just in my short little time on the earth that's as genuine and really just a hell of a nice guy to boot, and gave us a heap of free paint to paint the LTD. But that's beside the point. Who's trying to bribe the judge now? Oh, mate, just just because I've got a HX I'm trying to paint, it's got nothing to do with the fact that I need nine and a half litres of House of Colour candy and clear. 
You live in the Cobra Harbour. Harbour. Yes. Shop one. <laughs> care <laughs> of. Care of. <laughs> Just mind the dolphins on your way in. It's mating season. Yeah. <laughs> I think with the show judges, I think with the shows, there's a lot of fat in local car clubs now. They do have Best HQ. They do have uh, Promoter's Choice, Kids' Choice, uh, Entrance Choice, I think. And that's the healthier thing for the show scene. And the most important thing for show cars in Australia at the moment for street machines is the fucking smutty. To me, it is. Yeah, it's, it's for sure. Because of who is the judge. Everybody's the judge. Yeah. Mm. That's, a, that's an excellent point. Yeah. Fucking judge, you know? Look, I, I think definitely at the moment, the two biggest accolades you can receive in the whole, the hot modified car scene, non-pure scene in Australia is winning drag challenge, or sorry, being the overall quickest at drag challenge, or yes, you know, winning the smoddy as well. So, I mean, of course, I don't mean the same car doing both, but if it did, that'd be fucking impressive. But as far as you're winning something like that, mate, you're the top of the pops, you know, as far as I'm concerned. What about the mutti? (laughs) (laughs) That was one of those moments when, if you haven't seen the mutti, get onto our Instagram. (laughs) Is it breaking up? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're going through a tunnel. (laughs) You dog fucker. <laughs> I'm not the dog fucker. <laughs> it's 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 so cool. It's such a cool like little trophy he's done called the Moody. It's got like the eight stack injection, and it's something that we're actually talking about. Once we um we've got a of course our cars in the cradle competition running at the moment, and um it's something we'll probably be looking at doing each year. Is doing a uh, Moody. Someone's going to be crowned Moody. <laughs> the Moody of the year. So. Oh God. Anyway. Thank God I had ice cream with lots of ice magic on it. I'm pepped. Let me tell oh. you about what happened in Bathurst 1988 race. Sure thing. <laughs> no one gives a fuck. It was a heap of Sierras <laughs> and a heap of disputes, and I went to the judge, and no one gives a fuck. <laughs> Can I fill in this segment then with a funny, funny Macca moment? Yep. Oh, now, Benny, I don't know if you've heard... About you probably, I know you listen to the podcast. So you probably heard of me talk about Macca, a guy I work with. Who I've actually been mates with for a lot of lot of years before we were ever working together. We're mates into Valiance. Macca is the dad joke king, and recently I was, I was told a story about Macca yelling out the window to a guy dressed as a piece of bread, crummy outfit mate, and the guy giving Macca the finger. And I happened to drive past as it was happening. It was hilarious. Now. Macca has no shame, and recently one of his sons had a bit of a stack down some stairs, and they thought he broke his foot. So they've taken him to the hospital. Anyway, they've had to take him in for an x-ray, and they've said, oh, listen, just one of the parents come in. So Macca's out in the waiting room, and his missus has gone in with his young bloke to get the x-ray done. Macca said, oh, I'm just sort of sitting in the waiting room. He goes, it's pretty busy, actually. He said, you know, there was a lot of people around. And anyway, he goes, I'm just like playing on my phone, just trying to pass some time. And he said, this woman's walked in with a nurse, like it was a mother. And he goes, I'd sort of seen her walking in and out and looking around. And she had a kid there who was running around, and she's trying to get her, the kid back. And so she's in and out, just, just, just wouldn't sit down and stop. Anyway, the woman's walked back in with a nurse, and the woman's called out for a son. And she's gone, Marco! And Macca, straight away, she yelled out, Polo! And he said, <laughs> he said, the freaking waiting room is just cracked up, like cracked up laughing, and the mother has just given him the death glare. But he said the funniest part was the nurse who was with the woman. She's like trying not to laugh, and you can see like her, her cheeks are blowing up, and she's got like snot coming out of her tear ducts. And 
he said later on he's gone in to sort of check on his son and the, and the nurse has come and go, oh my God, I was trying so hard to remain professional during that, but that was just hilarious. And the whole way in, the mother was just giving you a serve behind your back about how rude you were. Oh, he's telling me this story and I've got tears streaming down my face. So Mac is always good value, mate. So g'day, mate. So you definitely make work a lot of fun. Hey, you should join me in a social media break next time we catch up. What do you reckon? Yeah. Was it 1988, going back to what Redmond just said, I was just thinking about that. Was it 1988, your mate Dick Johnson with the Sierras, was that the year he was abusing everyone on the podium? Was that 88? Because that's the year Walkinshaw put in the protest about the Sierras. Yeah, it was I look I didn't look much further. Longhurst won and he won under a um a protest or whatever. So I went, you know what? Yeah, like, no, yeah, I've lost year. interest straight away now. Yeah. 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 I'm just trying to remember because the one I remember out of all of it around that time was Dick Johnson abusing everyone on the podium, you know, you pack of bastards. Nah, Jim Richards. That was Jim oh, Richards. Oh, it was too. Yes, it was too. Yeah, sorry, yep, yep. yep. Uh, well he didn't win the race. He... That was ninety one, was it or nineteen ninety? What it was later. It was Jim yeah, Richards. It was later in the oh, skyline. It, yeah, yeah, the yarn behind yeah. it. He, um, he was leading the race and then involved in a crash. So while he was, there's no safety car. While he was back then, while he was crashed out, a couple of cars went past him and then it pissed down rain some more. So yeah. the yeah, uh, he was on slicks. Yeah. No, what they end up doing is saying, yeah, we're giving him. He, he was the leader at the completion of the last lap, so we're yeah, giving it to him. Yep. Like they're like, no, he fucking stacked it. So yeah, that was a that was that was an that's an interesting um, episode of Bathurst. We will, we will, um, we will. Well, we've already done it. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> we did back in episode something or other. We talked about I think, that. Yeah, Dick Johnson. I can't remember who the fuck is Dick Johnson. There's Peter Brock. There's Perkins. There's Grice. There's uh, Dick Johnson. Doesn't ring a bell. No. I spoke, to, I spoke to Larry Perkins once on the phone. I was only about 18, and I was building a 253 for my Kingswood at the time because that was all you could – you couldn't have a uh, 308 in Victoria on your fucking peas, fucking man estate. Anyway, so I was doing I up you a didn't have H-plex on it. Mm. No, got <laughs> – so I rang up Perkins' workshop, and actually the first time I spoke to – one of his mechanics, and I can't remember his name, and he said, yeah, mate, go, look, this grind cam with this lift and this lobe separation with these heads, it'll make good power on a, on a 4.2. Yet, no worries. And I rung back a couple of weeks later, and I don't know what I was asking about timing and plug gap, and I don't know, just being an 18-year-old trying to fucking figure it out because I didn't know much. And Larry Perkins answered the phone. And it was one of those moments where Larry's answered the phone. It's kind of like when you walk into a pub and it's a stupid hot chick and you forget how to talk. Like, <laughs> yeah, good day, Perkins Workshop. Larry's speaking and you're like, duh, duh, duh. <laughs> oh, I, I, I like cars. Uh, oh, you did a big, eh, eh, oh, big promo. Yep. Anyway, eventually I managed to fucking articulate a couple of words and not sound like I was eating crayons and shoving them up my backside. And he gave me about 20 minutes of his time. <laughs> And gave me all these specs to build an engine, and I couldn't write it down quick enough. And I always, from then on, like anyone bagged out Larry Perkins, I took it really personal. I'm like, you know what? Larry Perkins fucking gave me advice to build my engine, so everything you say is invalid and you're full of shit. Fuck off. Good work. He won Good the work, last Benny. That's what you call support. Good shout out to you, Larry Perkins, anyway. Yeah. He won the last ever. Wasn't it him that won the last ever Bathurst in a very hole, and they all went to Chev? Everyone else went to Chev, and he. He tells the story in Street Machine. He had a heap of 308 gear. And it's funny because he says people get quiet 
uh, I don't know, patriotic or jingoistic or they say, oh, you know, you decide to run. He goes, I didn't have any money, but I had all these 308 engines. And, no <laughs> and he won it, man. So, yeah, it's, it's quite funny the way that he writes it down as well. No, good guy for sure. Definitely a friend of the podcast and uh, be definitely, saw... definitely listening to this. Oh, he would be for sure. <laughs> I saw a photo recently of him building the motor from the VP. It's like a recent photo from only a couple of months ago. So that's well, kind of cool. Well. He's over there just Dan, wrenching on a on a 308 or whatever it was. So that's pretty cool. Hey, speaking of 308s and holding V8s, 1988 panel van of the year was street legal. Black is the black Holden owned by Dave Marsh. Now, to try and describe this van to you, it's it's all black. It's got a Trans Am front. It was featured in the Penrite oil ads a lot back in the day. And it's got the paint where it's kind of got gold fogging around the edges. And it uh, wears a massive set of strikers. It's got a blown 308 in it. Yeah, very cool car. Gold interior. It's actually still around. And of the, I guess what we call the Icon vans or the Epic vans, you know, your, your Street Legal, your Alley Cat, the Wizard, Intervisions, all these vans that were just at the upper echelon of, of vanning and detail and customization. It's probably the one that survived the best. And, um, yeah, it still gets to all the shows and all the rest of it, and it still looks amazing too. And that van was actually originally a green Sandman, like a genuine Sandman that Dave Marsh from Newcastle, he built. And, of course, over time it had a lot of updates as they did. It went to black with the Statesman front, and then it was painted uh, plain black, and it had all the, the custom bodywork done, actually by a fellow called Gary Pockets, who ran Pockets Custom Shop in Newcastle. He did a lot of the big vans like Checkmate uh, and all that sort of stuff, so he knew his way around it, and he did Jeff Cook's Innocence. It was a white Bedford van. But, mate, that's... Oh, I've got a great photo. I think I might have sent you guys. It's a photo of Dave Marsh looking like he's straight out of Def Leppard. He's got this big black leather jacket and stonewashed yeah. jeans on. Standing with Street Legal, and it's in front of like... It must be like an F-111 from that era. It'd have to be from the late 80s, early 90s. I think it's an F-111 jet fighter thing. F-8. It's, oh, it's such a great photo. I'll post it on Instagram. And it's got... One of those filters where, you know, if you get a bit of a sparkle on chrome, it does like two or three sparkles on each sparkle of chrome. You can just hear pour some sugar on me just roaring in the background when you look at that photo. <laughs> was it so, a genuine green Sandman? It was genuine. I think it was mint julep. I think that was the name of the colour, or Panama green, one of the two. Yeah, it was a genuine... Um, <laughs> Panama. Yeah. Restore it. Okay. <laughs> I just one. found that picture you're talking about, Simo. Yeah, it had the diamond window in the back, and it's in yes. front of a. Did you say it was yep. an F14 red mess? F18. Yeah, I think it is, man. Really early one, like proper. God, you can just smell Top Gun and fucking hair yeah. rock. It's just such a great photo, isn't it? Back of the turbines got the first of the hush kits, the, the Dash One hush kits on the back of the turbines. Uh, yes, it does. Yeah, Aerosmith cockpit. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be it. And it's a big hair. He's wearing acid-washed jeans with white sneakers. He's got hair that big. It's got its own postcode. And you're right, that chrome, (laughs) every bit of that chrome's got about two or three sparkles coming off it. What's the graphic he's got painted in there in the blue and red? It's got um, Star Trek. I'm pretty sure on the big. It's like a Star Trek-based graphic. Yeah, there's the Starship Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it had the coolest gold interior. Like I saw, I actually got a photo of me hugging that van at the Van Nationals 2015. (laughs) I loved it that much. And 
just yeah he, look dave doesn't own it now it's actually owned um by a, a gentleman down in um new south wales or victoria who actually he collects custom panel vans and he's got a you know great collection of cars generally and i had the honor of doing the feature story on street legal oh shivers probably about three or four years ago now for street machine and it's just such a great van it's just it is just the absolute it just is the full you know icon of custom panel vanding in Australia as far as that's what people got up to and how awesome it was. But that's the thing that I love about that. When I'll post up some photos from the feature, it's got a fully detailed, chromed, everything um, blown 308. I think it still actually had an M21 behind it, probably the world's strongest M21 or the, the world's most scared M21, and it ran a Jag diff in the back. But the engine bay, like the car's black with the gold fogging, but the engine bay is painted like a light blue, like kind of like an ice blue. And just doing that sort of stuff, it just was so cool, the way that people like to mix and match. Like, I'm trying to convince St. Lucie to paint her engine bay a different colour to the car. Because, obviously, Holden's from factory have got, like, a black engine bay EHs. Um, hers is currently, from when it was built back in the day, it's got kind of like a brownie, burgundy-coloured engine bay. But, I don't know, I'm trying to convince her to go, like, a, a sort of a, a nice gold or something, just to give it that full 80s look. I think it'd look pretty cool. Um, now... I guess moving forward to tail off some 1988 music. Have you guys got oh. any thoughts on the music from 1988? Besides that oh. it was fucking awesome? All of it. Oh, my good fucking night, Irene. Where are we? Let's go. Uh, Every Rose Has Its Thorn by fucking Poison. Oh, yeah, it's on my list too. And actually one that I'm a really big fan of that I know might be a little bit hair going now, before you two decided to get into politics they had that fucking song desire yeah, yeah. Great. Yep. which had the really big acoustic strum intro that was fucking awesome yeah um david lee roth just like paradise yep oh kylie minogue hits the charts coming off neighbors in 1988 with the uh, re- uh, the cover of locomotion yeah yeah that's all right god no. i still hold a candle for her eh? Fuck. <laughs> oh Fuck yeah! Um, did you, Tracy did you fall for her from the uh, Henderson kids? Was it? Uh, Kylie, I don't know. Oh, the little songbird. I don't know. Always had a thing for her, and then she was like a fucking good red wine. She just kept getting better as she got older. Just oh, yeah. Oh, Stepney um, Captain, listen, sing. That's got nothing to do with anything. We're getting distracted. You're not talking about singing. You're talking about that I like her. Um, yeah, I'm a Danny fan myself. <laughs> I'd go the Danny Minogue. Uh, Danny Minogue. Yeah, she was cute. Danny Minogue was cute. What else do we have? Um, bon Jovi, Bad Medicine. Robert yes. Palmer, Simply Irrefuckensistable. Really big fan yeah. of that guy. Oh, man, I can't stand that song. Just sorry, I can't not, not say it. And I'm probably the only person in the world who doesn't, but anyway. Nah, yeah. I hate it. I was a big fan <laughs> of every chick in the background playing guitar. Yeah, oh, fair enough. Every single one of them. Look at that. They're all the next ex-Mrs. Hewlett's. Oh, every single one of them. (laughs) (laughs) What else do we have? Oh, Choir Boys, Run to Paradise. There's a fucking anthem that should be in everyone's fucking stereo. Baby! Yep. Well, you you can hear a little bit of that if you listen to the Thong Slappers intro. If you have a little bit of a listen, we we stole a little bit of that Run to Paradise, a bit of the chord progression. (laughs) Did we? Yep. Shows how much I know about music. Yep. Um, what else have we got? There's a couple more. Oh, 
Crowded House better be home soon. Crowded House, fucking great export out of New Zealand. Got my mind set on you by one of the Beatles, George. Oh, yeah, yep. Um, what else was kicking around there? Billy Ocean, get out of my dreams, get into my car. Yeah. Look, that's you've pretty much. I had a list of the top five here from there, and you've pretty much covered them. The th- number one was there. This is the top five from the top 50, as in for the entire year, right? Not at one particular period of time. So, number one was I've had the time of my life, and Bill Medley and Jennifer Warnes. That was from that movie with Patrick Swayze, the dancing movie. Number two was Simply Irresistible. Number three, great song, The Flame by Cheap Trick. Number four, Get Out of My Dreams, Get Into My Car by Billy Ocean, you mentioned. And number five was, of course, I Should Be So Lucky by Kylie Minogue. You should be so lucky, Ben. And (laughs) finally, just another couple of extra songs just to throw in here. Rick Astley was on fire, mate, that year. He had so many hits. It was, you know, him and his skivvies, he just was burning it up. (laughs) Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin. Uh, That had, uh, who's in that film clip again? Robin Williams. Yeah, Mork from Ork. He was in that. And, Doctor uh, and the Bill TARDIS. Murray. The Time Lords. Another great song. Might have been Bill Murray <laughs> as well, was it? Uh, maybe it was. I just remember I, I remember Robin Williams was in the film clip. And Chevy Chase was in a song with uh, Paul Simon from Simon Garfunkel. I can't remember Paul what song it was. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, Stutter Rap, Morris Minor and the Majors. Underneath the Radar by Underground, um, When Will I Be Famous by Bros. That was your ringtone, I remember, Redmond. My two favourites from that year, Poison, Nothing But A Good Time, and Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Who hasn't sung that blinder than a fucking welder's dog? And, of course, Bad Medicine by Bon Jovi. But, interestingly, <laughs> I've got to do a bit of a, uh, just a bit of a backtrack here. My good mate Chris McKenzie, who I've mentioned in previous, he was in the mini with me when he had a shotgun pulled on us. G'day, Chris. <laughs> Back in 1988... <laughs> Right. And he still talks to me, so it was it was exciting now in hindsight. But Chris, he used to have kind of like, like we all did, he had like the mullet. He had like the sort of short, kind of spikish on the top and the mullet down the back bit of hair over the years, that sort of look. But one day he came to school, and he's a knockabout kind of bloke. One day he came to school with an Indecent Obsession haircut. There was that band out of Brisbane called Indecent Obsession, and it was the front man was a guy called David Dixon. And he had this haircut. It was kind of almost like a bowl cut or like an old wedge where it's sort of like long on the top and then it's sort of shaved down around the sides and the back. And we paid out on Chris so much for this haircut. And I said, what the fuck, man? What are you doing? You look like you're from that band. And he goes, I did it to pull the chicks. And you know what? It fucking worked. It worked. <laughs> he was just, for the next two or three years at school... Even to this day, all the girls still gush about him from high school. So he proved us all wrong and had a smile on his face the whole time doing it. Yeah, I stuck with the um, the spiky hair and the moule, as the French call it, for a long time. <laughs> Did you? Oh, a long the time. Moulet. Fucking way too long. My mum wants talking to about that. But anyway, they were the, t- <laughs> they were the times. They were the times. That's it. Torrid times. And uh, just lastly, for me on music, a couple of songs is kind of my favourite, probably my favourite from, I was going to say Death to Find from Huda Gurus, but that song actually was released in 1986. So, it's, it's, it yeah, no, I, I, I've still used... 
Yeah, that's right, and I'll still use that as an excuse to mention it. So I've got that mention out there, so I'm happy. But probably my favourite song from that era, from that year, was Hunters and Collectors Still Hanging Around. Are you familiar with that awesome Aussie tune? No, I'll have to play it. Oh, you know, look, I know, uh, Redmond, you're definitely more of a wordsmith than I am. You're, you love lyrics and you love poetry and all this sort of stuff, but... That song's got some some lines in it that I just I love the I love the wording and it sort of is always stuck in my mind. I'm going to read you just a couple of couple of the lines. It opens with now um, this is yeah I guess the first few sentences of the song. The lyrics that's the word. It's Friday night again. A week's worth of pride is in your pocket. Mixed feelings in your head and a mixed drink in your hand. Now how apart from you, Redmond, who had something else in your hand at the same time? How how does that just it just impacts on all of us as far as that was us at that time, or, you know, within a couple of years. The whole thing of weeks worth of pride in your pocket, obviously your paycheck, mixed feelings in your head, probably about chicks and cars. Why the fuck's my ball Warner 35 making some stupid vibration after that massive burnout? And, a you know, mixed drink in your hand, Jim Beam and Coke or whatever your, your particular poison is. I've always loved that, and I've always loved the lyrics of that song, and especially to a bit further down in that. Another one is, you've got nothing left to fear when the doorman says, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Like, <laughs> things yeah. like that, I just, I think are really clever, and I've always enjoyed that. That's pretty much me to bore the shit out of you for 1988 music. But I just love that era. And uh, if I had hair, I'd still have a mullet, for sure. <laughs> I would. I would. I could grow the Gus Scullet, where he's got... Because he's kind of bald like me on the top. And he's growing hair down the back. That's my only option if I grow hair. That's my only option. <laughs> yeah. How funny was Gus's... He's um, low, but he's caught your post on Instagram the other day because all the buff young kids put gains, you know, look at me, gains or whatever. <laughs> he put fucking thing on there. Look, my hair's going back behind my ears. Hashtag gains. I fucking fell over. <laughs> I fucking but he did it. Spot. But he did it properly. Like he posed in front of the mirror and he made his shoulders look bigger and you hold the phone in your chest to make your frame look bigger. Like he did the whole pose the way you do at the fucking gym when you're on fucking Instagram. But and the look in his eye, read like when he posted it. The look in his eye was someone with genuine happiness. Uh, yeah, was oh. he wasn't unhappy from not having any carbs for ten fucking years and smoking crystal meth, <laughs> 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 or having soy lattes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh. Hey, um, speaking of Gus, oh, sorry, yep. you go, mate. Shoot, not you. Shoot. How do you know I haven't already? <laughs> okay, sorry. Stop um, it. <laughs> all right. Next time Gus ventures to Brisbane, I'm going to have to get you to come down, Redmond, and you to come up to Brisbane, and we'll go hang out with him and Aaron Henry. When you get Aaron Henry, good mate, and also Gus together, it's like two worlds collide, and you'll just basically be crying in laughter the entire time. They're just two massive personalities that when they get together, it's like a Shazam ring forming, and it just becomes this 
this whirlwind of excitement. We got together to build that pork hunt VC Valiant. Do what? I have to clap that out? Do I have no. to clap out the bell? Because it's, it's, it was actually called pork hunt, as in like hunting a pig, pork hunt. So when we built the pork hunt VC Valiant gas a few <laughs> years ago, it was just the time of my life. I've got to tell you, it was so much fun. So much fun with those two. <laughs> Aaron Henry, mate, I'm just going to quickly tell you a story about him that makes me laugh. I'm, I have this real issue with people who litter. Like, I can't handle people throwing just rubbish out, especially when there's a bin fucking, like, two metres away from them. And the other day, I went out to go to work, and some fuckhead's obviously been eating McDonald's across the road and just chucked all his McDonald's out in the street. It's probably, like, four kids in a friggin' silver or whatever the fuck it was. Just left all their rubbish in the gutter. Fuck, it pissed me off. So, anyway, I've gone and cleaned it up, and I took a photo, and I, I was sort of whinging about it to Aaron. And he told me this story. Now, Aaron's a big, imposing kind of guy, right? You wouldn't fuck with him. And he, he goes, I was driving home from work. He goes, I had a really fucking bad day. Like, I was just splintering. And he said, I'm driving behind this red P-plate, like, Commodore, like a VR Commodore. And he goes, it's your typical fucking red P-plate of spec. It's got 15-inch Bastutis on the back. It's got, like, 18s on the front. The guy driving, it's got a flat-brim hat. And he's, like, three 14-year-old girls in the back seat. And he goes, he's driving along, and he goes, he'll pull up at a set of lights. And he goes, next next minute, he goes, I'm just I'm just stewing over this car in general because it was such a piece of shit, and he was driving like a fuckwit. And he goes, at the lights, I'm sitting behind this bloke. He goes, I see the window roll down. The guy sticks his arm out the window of the driver, and he drops a big, massive bag of McDonald's rubbish like in the centre median strip, like in the garden part of the centre median strip. He's in like a right turn lane or whatever. And Aaron goes, I just fucking snapped. He said, I've hopped out of my car and I've stormed down to this guy's car. And he goes, I've picked the rubbish up out of the garden. He goes, I've jammed it through the window into the guy. He goes, there's this little 17-year-old kid in there just shit his pants. He goes, put your fucking rubbish in the bin. And he goes, this kid has just fucking shit himself to the point where he's nailed it because he thought Aaron was going to beat shit out of him. And he's hopped back to the car. I just wish I had a video to see that. It would have been awesome. <laughs> it was probably, there probably needs to be more of it. Probably. Yeah, I kind of agree, Benny. Yeah, do the right thing, hey. Probably the actual McDonald's food. You're better off to throw the shit out than eat it. <laughs> <laughs> There's no difference between the wrapper and the food. Mate, if you've been to South America, you want to see littering, you make you glad to come home to Australia. And same as Singapore, mate. When you go somewhere and they clean and give a fuck, you're dead right on that issue, Simon. Fuck you. There's a bin oh. everywhere you park, mate. There's no more than fucking 15-metre walk. Yeah, look, this isn't just me being an old fuck or getting old and turning to a grumpy old man. Look, I've been this like this my entire life. And, you know, like I said, the worst part is you just see people throw shit on the ground. There's literally a bin within throwing distance, you know, of, of that. So, anyway, oh, don't worry, guys. I think I'm just getting my period tonight. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm 100% no, no, with you with the littering. 100% with you with the littering. I've seen guys who were driving to work one day and Big Coiny from Burke was in the car and he just finished his... Uh, mornings, no, breakfast, and he rolled the window down and he threw a bottle out of the window and Chris was driving and Chris is in the ute and we're in a dual cab and he's locked it up. We're doing 110 and he's locked it up. Just <laughs> and Chris has just flipped, like absolutely lost his shit and he's turned to Coiny and Coiny was a, he's a big bloke, like huge bloke, and he's just screaming at him, just pick your shit up! <laughs> <laughs> lost it and in the back like i'm kind of like well he's making a scene but and anyone anyway, it was a bit of a standoff and they were looking at each other and i just thought oh you know i'll be the voice of reason and i'll, I'll take one side but i'll try and do it encourage them I'm like coiny you 
you probably should pick your shit up, mate. Like, and he's like, oh, fucking, but look, <laughs> no, you're not having your period. You might have your period. I don't know. But look, I'm 100% with you with the lettering. Like, yeah. And like you said, red men, we're Western fucking civilization. There's a bin every fucking 30 feet. And if there's not a bin, there's a stick and say there's a fucking bin. Like, wake up yourselves, you drongos. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah, keep Australia beautiful. That's hey, I might, I might do my music stuff. Hey, oh, hey. haven't we done your music stuff? Sorry, mate, we've got sidetracked. No. My apologies. Well, the thing is, you guys have done the heavy lifting on all the shit fucking music, so thanks very much for mentioning every fucking song that I ever hated from the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Red. Just, just if if you ever if you ever start to feel depressed about that, just remember that every rose has its thorn. Oh, Bob, Bob. The um, <laughs> actually, can this be a reminder for you to do the day in the life of Dave, whatever piss take that he done today that you sent me? Can we remind? Can I remind you to do that before I do my music stuff about the A team? Oh, Danny, Dave. Do you want to do it no, first? He's, while he's I remember after the music. I'm... You do it first. Do it first while we're thinking of it. Listen, I'll just, I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but as in the exact wording, but you'll right. know it as soon as I start mentioning it. Denny Dave, he, he follows us on Instagram. You should follow him as well. He does great photos. He's always up to mischief. He drives a, this really cool diesel turbo Cummins powered, I think it is, F100 ambulance. He went to running yeah, an ambulance. Yeah, man. Festival. It's got a six BT in an ambulance. It's It makes yeah. like a thousand Newtons. It's a fucking cool thing. <laughs> Fuck, he makes me laugh. Like, he's fully just, he's just fully. On with us for this hashtag fuck the purists. And there was something happening on some crappy Facebook car page about this sort of shit. And some guy's whinging and whinging about ruining classics. And as in, he's like, you know, he's anti modification. He's saying everything should be restored, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and he's going back and forth between Dave and this bloke. And then Dave has just shut him down. He goes, listen, mate, before you get too much more into it, there's just one thing you have to remember. And he started off in 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison for a crime they didn't commit. And he's fully just written out the entire opening, the entire opening theme for the A-team. And then it's just like, you could just hear a pin drop afterwards. There was no reply, no response from this other fool. Fuck, it was funny. Oh man, I sent a screenshot of that to Redmond. I could hear you laughing from Townsville. Fuck, it was funny. It was hilarious. It was. So good work. Good work, Dave. We love your work here. Bill Collins released a fucking song in 1988. That tells you there's something stinking wrong in the guts of the fucking music. When Phil Collins, the only reason that he ever got any music on, there's every fucking one else died. Hendrix was dead. Fucking Jim Morrison was dead. Everybody else fucking died. And they gone, Phil, what the fuck are you doing? Here? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, sing a song. Oh, okay, fuck. And it was shit. But <laughs> the other side, was that, that 88 was the first summer that I've got a school-issue six-string nylon guitar and a guy showed me how to play two or three chords on it. And I'm not saying that I could play it, but I could get some sound out of it. Man, it's such an awesome fucking feeling to get a guitar and get some sounds out of it. I'm not saying that it's good, but it was, you know, sitting home, you're on school holidays anyway, you got fuck all to do. It trades back a little bit to some, uh, Benny, you mentioned Desire, the song Desire by uh, U2. It does have that very... Uh, bright guitar intro it's only three chords or four chords actually in the progression it's very similar to uh r-o-c-k in the usa or louis louis it's got that kind of same progression but the lyrics are very good in it as well i really enjoy enjoy the lyrics in that song and fast car by tracy chapman it came out in that year as well and how's the lyrics in that this line um i remember we were driving driving in your car speed so fast it felt like i was drunk city lights laid out before us your arm sure felt nice wrapped around my shoulder that's hope, man. And in them lyrics and in 88, whatever, just 
I knew there was something happening in somewhere, but it fucking wasn't where I was, man. And so that's where lyrics and the whole music thing. So I remember when we were driving, driving in your car, speed so fast, it felt like I was drunk. City lights day out before us, and your arm felt nice, wrapped around my shoulder. And I, I had a feeling that I belonged. I, I had a feeling I could be someone, be someone, be someone. Uh, Louis Armstrong, What a Wonderful World, he released that as well. And, and another guy that's great and I'm going to cop it for is Age of Reason by Johnny Farnham. He's an at least Australian fucking artist who can fucking sing. I, um, I really... Whispering Jack. No, you got my vote on that one, bud. Yeah, no, he's great, Johnny. I, I didn't like... Funny thing is uh, how it works. I didn't like Poison, Bon Jovi, Def Leppard. I didn't like really any of that. But as, as I've got older and aged a bit and the music's really progressed a lot, I kind of liked that stuff that I didn't like back then because, to be honest, Poison are probably what I would now say is pretty good players. You know, Bon Jovi's fucking excellent, mate. I didn't like him in the day because it was a bit too much what the girls were into and that kind of thing. And same with Def Leppard. But now any of them bands, I listen to their writing and listen to their playing, they're fucking good. Just on that quickly, now you're talking about U2 Desire. Was Bono, was he pontifying? Was it pontification? That early on in the career yeah, was that? Did yeah, that come that, later? That album is that's from um, what's the first of the big two one? There's uh, Joshua Tree. What's the one after it with where the streets have no name on it? It's um, Rattle and Hum. Isn't it? Rattle oh, Rattle and Hum. Yeah, yeah. yeah but sure. If, if you yeah. get back a little bit and listen to the, some of the U two stuff, read from uh, what is it? Um, just give me two seconds. I definitely need to find it to finish this point. I got it here. How do you spell U two, Simon? Y o u t w o. Why are you looking that up? The other one I remember vividly from 1988, and it was really catchy, really addictive, and I hated it when it first came out, and I love it now, was um, She Drives Me Crazy by Fine Young Cannibals. Yeah, yeah, the stupid film clip, and he had a fucking cracked egg on his head or whatever the fuck that was about. <laughs> but I fucking love it now. Like, I listen to Fine Young Cannibals now, and I'm fucking into it. Did you find it? Really resonate with it. Fine, young yeah. cannabis. Yeah, just the unforgettable fire was the album. There's some really. Oh excellent. yeah, right. No, it's got um, Benny. A song that you should listen to definitely for Cobar, mate. Uh, being quite honest, is um, Red Hill Mining Town. Have you ever heard that? Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Father to son, the the blood runs black. You know, it's just perfect. But uh, what was it? I had one more artist that was fairly decent. I fucking forgot. So on that note, let's just say I forgot. I guess at the end of the day, it comes down to one thing. Ain't looking for nothing but a good time. <laughs> How can I resist? How can I resist? But, really? uh, uh, yeah, Fine Young Cannabis. I definitely remember that on tape player. Uh, Did you, you say Fine Young Cannabis? Then? Yeah, that's Was it a tape player with a dual cassette, like high-speed dub, or was it just your normal stock standard single oh, well. cassette deck? Did it have double bass? Oh, wow. And you rewind the, the tape double bass pencil. button, the double bass, super bass button. Bass, re- yeah. bass Stop it. Shut Great your stuff. whole mouth. That's awesome. <laughs> Shut my copper off. Fuck. <laughs> Actually, the other one, the other one from 1988, Red, that was a good one, was Pixies, Where Is My Mind? Now, now, someone from the Pixies is a musician. So now, tell them, tell me more. I can't. Quite... <laughs> I, I can't. I can't imagine that it would be any other way. Now, somebody uh, wash up from somewhere else. I'll have to get back to you on that. And the, just one last question to do with 88. <laughs> Benny, what's the most erotic thing you've done with a woman? In 1988? Sim- no, all similar. No, just on, you know, just while we're talking. 
Oh, just in general. Yeah, fuck, we did. I don't know. Social media doesn't go back that far. I can't remember. Most erotic I thing I did in 1988 would have been probably make a mixtape or pulled her hair. It's hard to say. <laughs> it's hard to say. It's hard to say. That was a couple of moons ago. That was fucking 30 years ago, was it? You, you gave her? Yeah, you, you would have been nine. You gave her a mixtape and a pulled hair, and she actually didn't quite mind the pulled hair. The mixtape was shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted Kylie Minogue. What was the one I saw the other day? It was a mixtape, and it was, um, oh, it was rough. I thought it read oh. straight away. I was going to send it to you. <laughs> it, it, the thing that I was, I seen quite a nice interview with Kylie a few years ago, about 10 years ago, and she said that when she was dating Michael Hutchins, she felt a bit funny about her music career and where he was at with his. Like, she's going, it could be easy for him to be pretty condescending about it, but he was really supportive. And he said, look, it's just pop music and it's very important and just and go for it. And I thought that was pretty great. And I've tried to use that a little bit myself, you know, when you're judging judge pop music, pop music against other pop music. You know, like, Lady Gaga's quite good, man. That shit sells and it's quite good. And there's some people that do it half decently. some absolute trash as well. But that's quite a nice little interview that Kylie was saying about Michael just while we're talking about the singing budgie. I saw one. <laughs> I, actually, I saw one of her, Simo, and it was – she went on tour to force. She went – Kylie went over to yeah. Iraq, Afghanistan. Shit. It was one of them. I think it was Afghanistan, a Taran Cow. And she went over there with the Angels. Oh, what a combo. Yeah. And I it was say like, that with a question mark on the end. So it was something like Tanya Zayeta, Angry Anderson, the Angels, Kylie Minogue. I don't know. Insert some random fifth fucker here or whoever it was. Anyway, Tanya Zayeta. Did you say Zay- fist fucker or fifth fucker? Fifth. Fifth. One, oh, two, sorry, three, yep. four, five, yep. fifth. Um, yep. Anyway. Angry Anderson dobbed on Tanya Zayeta because she hooked up with some special forces dude. And then they got Kylie Minogue up on stage with the Angels. And you know when the Angels, and everyone knows it, am I ever going to see your face again? They had Mm -hmm. Kylie Minogue on one of the microphones singing the reply that the crowd sing when they do that song. And the Angels are getting interviewed. They're talking about how funny it was to have... Kylie Minogue is flat out being five foot, and she's got that high, high octave voice when she sings. And then she's yeah, up I there, be just, so lucky. Yeah. yeah, she's up there screaming, and she goes, "No way, get fuck, fuck off!" And the boys said it was just <laughs> to have Kylie belt that out, singing up on stage in front of all these soldiers over in Tarrantown. They reckon it was awesome, absolutely awesome. Did Did US forces give the nod? Or was it a setback for the country? I'm going to stop this. I'm sorry. This is as bad as if you start talking. If you start talking and and I keep repeating everything you say, it's as annoying as that. I do that to St. Lucie all the time and she's going to fucking punch me if I do it much more. So, yeah. Guys, that pretty much wraps us up for 988 and episode 23. Now, next episode, we're going to break into the 90s much, much against Redmond's best wishes. But... It's time to get into 1994, right? So it's time to roll out all your your favourite grunge music, Redmond. And, uh, <laughs> he doesn't have any. He just he just refuses to believe that 94 even existed. <laughs> what happened to music when we're all happy? What happened to fucking what's melancholy? What's that bald headed mattress humper fuckhead's name? Billy Corgan, Fashing <laughs> pumpkins, passion pumpkins. <laughs> Yeah, Homer Simpson smiling politely. Yeah, look, um, I just 
Just before we go, I just want to do a, another quick little bit of feedback um, from a fellow called Kevin Allen, who's a um, he goes by the handle or the email Five Liter VH. I won't say the rest of it, so it doesn't get any bad stuff sent to him. Anyway, <clears throat> hey guys, love the podcast. I'm a late starter and just caught up. Uh, one thing I loved was you guys talking about the Big Steel. I love that bloody movie. Steve Bisley is on fire, throwing so many one-liners. I've watched it so many times, and if it wasn't for that movie, I probably would have never known what a Nissan Cedric is. Keep the podcast coming. Good stuff, guys. So cheers to that, Kevin. It's nice to have you on board. Thankfully, that was Kevin Allen and not Chris Allen. Chris Allen was, of course, the guy who gave us some you know, less than flattering feedback recently, but anyway, that's all right. Anyway, nice to have you on board, Kevin, and uh, yeah, send us a photo of your car if you can, mate. Thongslappers at optusnet.com.au. As you know, since you sent us a fucking email, sorry. Uh, or, yeah, on Instagram, you can send us a direct message. So, Ben, it's been great, mate, having you here for the last two episodes, and um, we're going to have to get you back. We've got to find some fucking reason just to get you back, because it's always lots of fun. Hey, you Thanks. fucking bartab, maybe? Oh, don't be sad. Winston's breaking your balls, is he? He is, my little red ginger plums. They're like ginger. I fucking laugh every time I look at them and they're ginger. I think that is the funniest colour pubic hair you could ever fucking have, man. It's like the devil. <laughs> <laughs> so, special thanks, Ben Hewlett, champion, mate. We, you, you're basically like the third thong slapper. You're like, if we were Jake the Peg and we had three, three legs, you'd be that other thong. And, um... God, I'm a wanker. I can't believe I just said that. But anyway, you know what I mean. I know, also, what, you mean. I know what you mean. I, I thank you. Thank you very, 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 very much. As much as, nah, look, it's a, it's cool to hang out with you guys and just talk shit. And, nah, it's um, yeah. it's an honour to hang out with you guys. I really enjoy it. Thanks heaps, eh? No, we love having you on. Mate, keep us, keep us abreast of any advances that's happening with the Running on Empty Festival for 2020. Uh, 22? 2022? Yeah, that was it. Yep. 2022. Uh, so keep us keep us abreast on any advances happening on that and uh, of course also we have to thank Queen Deb we have to thank St. Lucy whose actual birthday is tomorrow so I've got to go wrap some stuff before I forget and uh, yeah Simon Telford from Street Machine Magazine and look I'd say we'll be back we'll hopefully crack another episode off and get in before Christmas so um, we'll be back for 1994 and a bit of a Christmas story won't we Red? We will. Hey, we got to do domestic bliss too next time. We've got, we've got oh, the shit. backlog. Yeah. I've got the dumbest story to tell you about wheel bearings for a BMX bike. Just remind me to tell you about that. You're just going to go, you are fucking retarded, aren't you? Now, I'll, take, okay. I'll take your dumb story and raise you a dumber story because I'm a red tard. That's when red's being retarded. I was a red tard painting, doing some paintwork <laughs> on my youth. But um, 1994, I got, yep. food, I got issued a trade certificate. Did you? Uh, Ooh, look out, world. The magic Western, carpet is here. Yep, Western Sydney Institute of TAFE's shittest fucking truck mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> and being Western Sydney, that's pretty. That's held in pretty high regard. I've got some good competition. <laughs> got some good competition, but I fucked him over. We had the adjustable reamer on a kingpin, and there's no apps for that. Yep. No, no, no. When, when you ream too far, there is no going back ever. Ever, ever, ever. I've said that so many times. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. And, uh, of course, if you need to contact us, best way is direct message us on Instagram. 
and also email thongslappers at optusnet.com.au and please make sure you keep your entries coming for our competition, Cars in the Cradle. So if you've been building a car or built a car with a, I guess, gender or generational gap difference, it might be with your missus, you could be a chick building a car with your husband or your son or your whatever, make sure you send your entries in. A couple of pics, bit of info and uh, we'll post it up and you'll go in the running to win our thong slappers slash street machine slash low fabrications goodies pack so yeah on that note great chatting with you guys i look forward to speaking to you in episode 24 redmond and i hope you have a great christmas benny mate who am i kidding i'm gonna be fucking texting you tomorrow anyway so we're all good it's not like thing is, talk. Uh, well, the, the other contest we got is i'm going to be putting ben hewlett's mobile phone number up on instagram at midnight one day this week so whoever can ring or text him the first wins a free street machine magazine <laughs> oh <Oi. laughs> Your, fuck your sack day. I'm going to fucking put your phone number in the back of every toilet door from here to fucking Kalgoorlie next week. <laughs> it's on, bitch. You're on. <laughs> Bring it. All right. Cheers, guys. We'll chat I you love soon. The, love the family, Simon. I love the family. Ben's been a ball. Thank you very much, fellas. Enjoyed every second. Likewise, Redman and Benny. Yep. Chat to you guys later. See awesome. ya. Awesome. Thanks, guys. See ya.